going to say this and I, I can't be worried about the consequences of saying this. I have to say it. And whatever the consequences are, I know I am equipped now to handle those consequences. Every situation requires like a different way um, of establishing boundaries. And there are times that are frustrating when, you know, you, let's say you don't set your boundaries, so sometimes you do. And then people still keep relying on you because they're used to doing that. Ambitious women in general, we yep. catch it. No matter that, so I'm after ambitious women, no matter, you know, whatever the diversity range, ambitious women just in a small category of women who are going for it because we're the change makers and pattern breakers for our family. Like we have a whole, the, the challenges are common. And then you add on a layer of, you know, being an Indian woman, you got a certain set of cultural norms of, of why you're stressed out at 40 something. Black women in America, African-American, we got a certain reason why we stressed out. You come from a different country, you move into this country, uh, you come from your, your majority country, regardless of what it is, you move over here in corporate America, you gonna have a certain reason for why you're crazy. If you're so like, how can we look at this with fresh eyes? Um, you know, kind of the way I'm looking at my life right now with fresh eyes after going through this program, right? Like, how can we look at this and just approach it like it's a new challenge? <laughs> Welcome everyone to Why She's Winning. I'm your host, Kristen Rutherford. And today we have the amazing Karen Patwa. Karen, did I get your name right? Why are you freezing? Is that my internet or is that yours? I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How do, how do I say your last name? Did I get it right? Pacwa. Yes, you did. Okay, great. It's not that hard, but I messed it up. I'm from South Carolina. Anyway, so <laughs> after earning a bachelor's degree in physics, y'all know she a nerd with the physics background. Karen began her first career as a STEM educator in New York City. In 2007, she left the education world to launch Dangerous Mathematicians, her fashion label, and a flagship boutique in New York City recognized for its innovative wedding designs for women and her fashion label and flagship boutique in New York City recognized for its innovative wedding designs for women of diverse identities. After a decade in small business, she returned to the nonprofit world as a school leader and capacity builder for organizations in growth and transition. Karen is currently working on a book of guiding questions for organizational leaders who want to include and empower diverse I identities. She's also working on building support pods for women of color leaders navigating identity related challenges in their organizations. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. All right, Karen. So why you why your thing just got fuzzy? Let me check this out. Hold on. Let me let me look at our interview while we on the phone. Somebody's internet is janky. You're not living you're not living in Bahamas, so it could be my janky internet. Okay, because like, am I still freezing? I'm frozen and fuzzy. I got my ring light on and everything. Yeah, your your camera keeps blurring and oh it's God. and it's messing up your fineness. I mean, you're fine. We need to be able to show all that fineness. Okay. So we're good. Karen, tell us what was going on with you when you reached out to Vision <laughs> International uh and decided you want to do something different. What was going on? A lot was going on. Um you know, I think at that point. I didn't know why things were happening the way they were happening, but I started to see patterns in my life. So I thought it was coming from, you know, work. But then I was like, wait, like there's some family things here that I'm trying to take care of. And then some personal things and some household things. And everywhere I looked, I felt like I was seeing these barriers. Um, and so I was just like, hmm, like what's going on here? And I was kind of thinking about, you know, taking the next step, getting coaching, like deciding maybe to to leave my job. Um, and I didn't 
know exactly where I wanted to go. Um, and then I joined your Saturday session um, and everything you were saying was just resonating with me. And I'm like, oh, really? Like we could fix these things. Um, and so, <laughs> and then that started this whole pathway. Okay. Did I call you boring? Were you boring? Was I boring? I don't think I've been called boring by anyone. That's not to say I've never bored anyone. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think what was going on was boring. I think I was kind of at the end of, at the end of the line in all of these different places. So and you were frustrated move, or move stuck. on to the next step. So yeah. were you frustrated or stuck? I'm trying to identify like the real reason you called. You, we ain't gonna tell all your business, but what was like, were you frustrated? Were you stuck? Were you like, cause typically when women reach out to us, they, they, they got something going on. So maybe. Go ahead. I was both. I was frustrated and I was stuck. Okay. And I, I needed to figure out what my next step was going to be. Um, and really like what, what my value was. And I mean, you know, like I had a very sort of nonlinear career pathway. So just sort of assessing myself where I'm at, what I want to do, and then dealing with like all the dynamics that were going on in like all of these different spaces, some of them identity related, some of them systemic, some of them personal. Um, I thought, okay, I need someone to help me organize this. I don't want to call it a mess. It, it's okay. These situations. But but here's the thing, Karen. Like, it's not necessarily a mess. That that's that's what happens in life. It's like life puts layers on you, and and it creates situations that we need to dig ourselves out of. So it's not, uh, you know, nobody's perfect, right? And so it's not a mess. It's just life. Yes. You look like a young Tenoroni. Are you 40-something or are you 30-something? 40-something. Just, just by nature of being 40-something, <laughs> we're going to have to undo what life has done to us. And, and you know, it's not a label of something good or bad. It just is. Everybody's going through something. Yes. And we pick up all these experiences. Raquel just said it in the chat. Clutter. We pick up all this clutter. It's not even necessarily physical clutter. Um, and then we're in these situations where we have to sort of just organize ourselves and, and move forward with intentionality. I think that's what it was. I wasn't moving forward with intentionality. I was moving forward, reacting to like what was going on around me in all of these different areas of my life. Okay. All right. Okay. Raquel with the vocabulary word. Say it Coach Raquel for the win. Raquel. Uh, so, um, not moving forward with, with intentionality because you would you would discover that that is definitely a Raquel word, right? Um, you would discover not moving forward with intentionality once you discover that you weren't moving forward. So what does that what does being intentional? What does that look like today for you? So I want you to be able to explain it, right? Like for women who are like going in circles or stuck is like technically you're not really stuck. You're just not you know, clear on where you want to be. So what does moving forward with intentionality mean to you today? For me today, um, it means, actually, it really means something that you've often repeated. It's like knowing who I am and who I want to be, not really with respect to what I do um, or what I'm, what I'm involved with. So intentionality is like, okay, who do I want to be? And then everything sort of falls into place once you're clearer on who you want to be and how you want to be. 
Um, and so I think, yeah, I think for me that that's what it is. And then also, I mean, part of part of living with intentionality is knowing what my interests are, but also knowing what my boundaries are. So in all of these situations, I had never sort of identified boundaries for myself and for others. And then I had this expectation that they should know, like they should know that this is like a breach of my, you know, my being, like, why is this happening to me? Um, and, you know, everyone's on a different pathway, has a different level of understanding. So I was expecting that everyone would sense and understand my boundaries and stop. And I, I wasn't telling them to stop because I wasn't defining my boundaries for myself. So part of being intentional is also looking at like, where, where are my boundaries in, in different areas of my life? And, um, and then, you know, who do I want to be? Get my camera right. Um, so let's talk about boundaries, right? Because we women love to complain that people don't, that people cross the boundaries that we never set, right? That people are, you know, we're at the whim and we're being used by everybody. We're carrying the world on our shoulders, and there's no the blurred lines between who we want to be and who we are being is like, and then we're heavy and then we're crazy and then we're stressed out and everybody's using us because we're the people that everybody calls. We're the dependable ones. And then, you know, it was cool in the beginning because we needed to be needed. And now we're being suffocated by what we created. Yes. How do they not know? How do they not know what all of these different requests and responsibilities are doing to me right now? (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Right. Like it's, it's, so it becomes overwhelming <laughs> and we can't stop because we created it. So what yes. is that? What is that? You know, the difference between how you show up today and how you showed up differently now that you have boundaries that do you express them or do you wait for somebody to cross them and then express them? Or how do you how do you communicate with people now? That's actually a really good question. Do I wait for it to happen or do I just on the onset? Yeah, at the onset, you're not going to know in which way somebody's going to cross some boundary you have. So I feel like, you know, as something is starting, I'm able to recognize it sooner. Like, oh, wait, this is where I'm, you know, I'm not comfortable going or I just can't go right now because I have all these other things going on. Um, And then I state that. And actually, it's surprisingly easy. Um, and people are surprisingly receptive to it. <laughs> like, oh, okay, fine. Like there are times when, you know, I've, I've said, you know, I've, I've stated that I'm not going to accept this or I'm not this statement or I'm not going to accept this responsibility. Um, and then, you know, people accept that. <laughs> like, okay, and let's move on from there and let's figure out how, how to move forward. So, I mean, I think, I think it's, every situation requires like a different way um, of establishing boundaries and then understanding where the other person is coming from. Like sometimes people are taking advantage. I mean, there are times that are frustrating when, you know, you, let's say you don't set your boundaries. So sometimes you do, and then people still keep relying on you because they're used to doing that. And you have to constantly kind of pull back and also be confident in yourself to pull back. So like, I'm going to say this and I, I can't be worried about the consequences of saying this. I have to say it. And whatever the consequences are, I know I am equipped now to handle those consequences. Ow. All right, Karen, who is this masked woman on my screen talking about right <laughs> now? I am, what? Hey, Chris Rutherford here. I hope that you're enjoying the podcast so far. 
But what I know that you'll love even more is joining us in our private community. Join us in this private community. Money loves happy people and get live and on-demand insight so you can use this information to live the life that you truly and deserve. Get a raise and a promotion, no problem. Step into your purpose, no problem. Get the relationship that you deserve, no problem. Look, it's never too late to live the life that you deserve. It's never too late to live a life of total fulfillment. You just need information and inspiration to get on the path to living your greater life. So go ahead again, click on the link on around this video. Join us in our private community and change your life for the best. Take care. See you soon. So, so, so we teach you a whole week on how to say no. Yes. <laughs> like that's what she's talking about. We have to be trained. <laughs> Fortunately and unfortunately, it is what it is. We need a whole lesson on how do I say no? I ended up Googling, um, how to say no in a nice way is search like nine billion times a month on Google. Does that make sense? Like, and and there is no, you just said it, like, I can't be worried about the consequences. Like, we're always trying to say it in a nice way as opposed to just saying it, right? Yeah. yeah. And part of it is like, part of it is being able to face the consequences and knowing that whatever the consequences are, you're going to be able to, to deal with that. So it's a little bit of self-preservation. It's like I'm no I'm no longer willing to exhaust myself to please you or make you happy. Yeah, I mean, I think it for me it came from a place of like, oh well, I know how to do this, or I can help this person do this, or I can see this thing that I, you know I don't know if everyone else can see, and suddenly you're seeing it, right? And then you're suddenly the one fixing it. Um, and so I I think part of it is also like you know that urge to use our perspectives, I would say, especially women of color, especially those who are in leadership positions, to use our perspectives to do as much of what we see as good as possible. Um, so it's sort of stopping that. Um, it's sort of it's, it's sort of interfering with that mindset as well, because if we keep doing it, if we're in some environment taking on all of these responsibilities, or I see this, we're not necessarily making space for other people to see those things and for other people to act on those things or for other people to see what happens when we don't act on those things. So now we're actually, you know, by by trying to help and losing sort of some of our autonomy, we're actually also taking other people's autonomy away totally unintentionally. We have to allow everybody to take responsibility and accountability for everything that's going on. And it's not going to be by constantly trying to fix and help everyone um, ourselves. And it's, it's yeah, it's self-care too. It's not good for us either. But it's not good for anyone. That's the point I guess I'm trying to make. Oh, okay. All right, y'all see Kara sitting up on her chair. She bringing it today. Y'all better be ready. I hope y'all taking notes. So. <laughs> Took me know, some time like... to get here, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she ready. Shotgun ready. So I was talking to this woman the other day and uh, this, this, this Indian woman. And so she kept talking about these cultural norms and cultural expectations. I said, look, everybody got a certain ambitious women in general. We yep. catch it no matter that. So I'm after ambitious women, no matter, you know, whatever the diversity range, ambitious women, just in a small category of women who are going for it because we're the change makers and pattern breakers for our family. Like we have a whole, the, the challenges are common. And then you add on a layer of, you know, being an Indian woman, you got a certain set of um, 
culture norms of of why you're stressed out at 40 something. Does that make sense? I ain't gonna say yeah. crazy, but why are you stressed out? Black women in America, African American, we got a certain reason why we stressed out. You come from a different country, you move into this country, uh, you come from your, your majority country, regardless of what it is, you move over here in corporate America, you're gonna have a certain reason for why you're crazy. If your family <laughs> migrated to America, immigrated to America, and then you had here first generation, you're gonna have a certain set. So the so the umbrella is ambition, which is still a small minority, and then you have that cultural stuff. So what are some of the um, what are, I would say? What are some of the commonalities that you found with the women uh, in your group? Because we're all different, uh, you know, ethnicities and backgrounds. So what what were some of the things that you found in common uh, with those women that you were with in your cohort? I don't, well, I don't want to speak for, for them, but I'll say the commonalities that I've sensed um, and that I feel like I heard um, were definitely part of them. Part of those commonalities was definitely the idea of um, not being able to or not wanting to say no. Um, part of it was also, um, in some cases, wanting to kind of control the situation. And that can be for a lot of different reasons. You know, it could be for good, like, oh, I know if I can, you know, take care of this and manage every aspect of it, it's going to be great. Um, but part of it is also like, oh, you know, and and this comes from like a lot of different uh, experiences that people have had. Um, and I've had specifically like, I don't want to deal with the fallout or fix this thing when it goes wrong. So I'm going to take it all on and make sure every aspect of this is working. Um, and I feel like I did hear that, um, like being sort of said in different ways in the group. Um, and then there were a lot of different, you know, ways that we all related to our families and ways that we wanted to so be supportive of our families um, that that were common. And, you know, some of the dynamics around that and then how that impacts like a, the grand picture of things, like how the family stuff is, is related to the household stuff that's related to the work stuff. Like they all kind of, you know, I came in being like, oh, well, you know, what's up with these workplace dynamics, you know, and Raquel kept being like, well, what about, you know, like, how did you grow up and what do you feel? How do you feel about these things? And I'm like. I don't care, you know, what does that matter? But actually it all matters. It's all, it's all connected. And, you know, I thought I was bringing things from work home, but actually I was also bringing things from home to work. Um, and then how do the, some of those behaviors reinforce each other? Okay, is that what your book about? Cause we're gonna create the physics of the formula of how <laughs> see a book brewing you know i'll be trying to get y'all to write all these books i can see a book brewing now it's like creating because i wasn't good at physics <laughs> that could be another one you know i like picture books <laughs> and there's a picture that goes along with all of these things but no the the first no the one i'm working on now is more like on the organizational level like how can we treat people fairly and equitably in an organization but also like avoiding some of the keywords that people don't always understand so like how can we look at this with fresh eyes um you know, kind of the way I'm looking at my life right now with fresh eyes after going through this program, right? Like, how can we look at this and just approach it like it's a new challenge in front of us? And yeah, perhaps a book on this topic could also be written the one we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because, you know, uh, we'll completely go to the right because I like that. But it's like, it's pointless to be like teaching people how to look at stuff from fresh eyes when they are 40 and stuck in their parents, you know, and their childhood expectations as well, which is, you know, the last page of Trauma Default, I started talking about how it showed up at work because I'm going to create the sequel of, you know, how everybody's childhood trauma is fighting against each other at work. But anyway, mm. 
just consider it. It's going to be great. You should make a workbook and then <laughs> pictures and be like, is this how you're showing up? Yeah. Because you, you beefing with your coworker, but you really beefing with your mama who's showing up like your coworker. So <laughs> you said something that we all had in common as ambitious women. You said, um, uh, you know, we won't, say, we won't know how to say no. I just wrote it down. I just kind of paraphrased it. We take it all on because we're the ones for our family. We're the dependable ones, you know. We and also we put ourselves in that situation, not to interrupt you, but we're also like, I've got to be the dependable one. There are times when, like, no, no one in your family is like, you have to do this. And you're like, I have to do this. Yeah. So the, so the third word was the control freak. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're the control freaks. We try because we know if we do it, it's going to be right. <laughs> ourselves that they didn't ask us for right like it's we're control freaks um <laughs> if anything i i often and and i owe this to raquel too like if anything i like members of my family often said well can we is there something we can do to support you no <laughs> and it's like you're not you're not necessarily open or i wasn't necessarily open it i think it was because of the control i was not necessarily open to receiving help recognizing when it was being offered and then definitely not asking for it and this is something i also see from ambitious uh women at work as well and that's also i mean i think a lot of different that's for a lot of different reasons that are systemic as well so you know again they, they both have like play with each other um and and create these habits in us that are ultimately negative for us in the long run unless we intercept them well you know when you talk about it goes both ways right like you have the the 98%, 99% of people who are in leadership who always want to talk about the systemic stuff and 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 what everybody should be doing for us, like what what people, organizations should be doing for women. I'm over here at the 1% talking about, but you know you got part of playing that too, right? Like we're I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen. I have been right. this, right? Like, but I goal is to get women <laughs> to own their power and control what we can control. And then we kind of exit this toxic cycle that, you know, of, of being the victim or being harassed because when you know who you are, you know, I ain't got to put up with this, I'm out and we'll leave, right? Or give me my money and I'll stay. So let's talk about, so let's talk about Raquel. Like a lot of times people be like, Christy, you know, will you coach me one-on-one? I'd be like, oh, I got amazing coaches. I got amazing coaches, right? Like my coaches are my clients. Coaches. They, they used to be my clients. So is like they can Raquel can hold the space for you because she went through the change as well. Raquel can see when you're not working because she stopped <laughs> talking about she ain't gonna move forward. I was like, oh no, you're gonna move forward. <laughs> but I'm just like, so it's like what what you know what I would say, what were your two greatest lessons um that you learned from, you know, just you, we have the program lessons, but what are the two greatest things that you learned from Raquel in general? The two greatest things, I mean, that's hard to, to say. Raquel worked and had me work. Um, but uh, I would say probably the boundaries conversations were one of the more impactful conversations. I mean, they all were impactful. Um, but then also, I think, well, Raquel has this way of identifying like where the issues are, are lying and living and giving you this little key to be like, oh, 
well, why don't you talk to this person and ask them this? And you're like, oh, <laughs> really? Usually I should call them and ask them that. And kind of, you know, I, I sometimes it took me like a while to get to the point where I was like, okay, I can open up this situation. I'm not, I'm no longer worried about the consequences of it for me or the consequences of it for the other person. Maybe we can solve this. Um, but she had this way. And, and so she would give me like little questions like, well, why don't you try do this, this, and this? And I think something that, that the, the result of that is that each time there was a new thing that she would uncover from what I was telling her, um, she said, okay, well, why don't you try to find, figure this out, reflect on this or talk to this person or ask them this. And I would do that. And it became easier and easier to do that. And so I would keep coming into the next session like, oh yeah, I did that. It didn't take me weeks to kind of figure out how to, how to do it or figure out what the dynamics were or how would it impact me or the other person. Like I stopped thinking about those things and started being more focused on the now and like what needs to be done to address and respond to situations that are going on now rather than through the past. So like, I think maybe the summation of that is like, you know, that, that I, this realization I came through uh, to with Raquel is like, you know, the idea that you talk about in the modules, it's like you, you, you see yourself in a way that is distorted by past events. Um, and are you making decisions based on those past events and based on this distorted image of yourself? Or are you making decisions based on the person you are now? And are you confident enough? In the, and the women in the group, you know, the women in the group also like support each other in reaching these conclusions. Like, are you, aren't you going to make different decisions now than you did then? So shouldn't you be approaching this differently now than you did then? Like who you were then is not who you are now. Hey, Christopher Rutherford here. Do you want to learn how to ask for and get a 30% raise without getting another degree? Look. Black women are the most educated and the least paid. I should tell you that that math is not mathing. The degree is not the path to the next level. It's actually learning how to articulate the value and take credit for the work that you've already done. So I want to invite you to get my free case study at changenowatchristy.com. Just get the information, use it, and take the money out of the hands of your employers and put it into your household because you already deserve it. You just have to know how to ask for it. Again, changenowchristy.com. I can't wait for you to get this insight, use it, and get the money that you deserve. Take care. I think if I had to say two, those are the first two that I would choose. Yeah. The boundaries and the, the boundaries and, and the path sort of influencing your decision making in the present. So um <clears throat> I don't even know how I want to ask this question. Like I tell women all the time, like, because, you know, we work with some rock stars over here. We don't work with normal women. We rock, we rocks with the you best <laughs> <laughs> of the best of the best who are stuck going in circles, confused or cluttered, right? <laughs> it happens to the best of us. And that can happen. And that will happen actually to the best because right. we're the ones going through all of these experiences and trying to put everything together. So it's inevitable for high-achieving women. It's like, it's inevitable for us to get here. You know, I was, um, yeah, I tell women all the time, like, y'all have everything. You've demonstrated success. You've demonstrated that you're going to move. You've demonstrated your work ethic. You've demonstrated, you know, who you are. Y'all have everything that you need to have peace and joy. We just have to make a, we just have to figure out 
like, what is your pattern and where you're stuck, right? Like you talked about, you know, uh, reacting from the past, like that is exhausting and that's creating some of the challenges that you have. And if we can go back and find that, we're just going to, and once you see it, you're going to be like, oh my God, now you can change because you don't know that you were doing that, right? Like we're stuck in the, we're stuck in a pattern and a cycle of reacting to someone today and it's based on something that happened 15 20 years ago once we reveal that right we, we got to dig for it Mm-mm-mm. we dig it up and then you see it is your idea this is a process of self-discovery like what are you doing and once you see it you would be like oh my god we give you a new action to not get a new result right and then you stand on top of the mountain and get loud and be jumping in the camera which i love it right like you're like i'm free um so <laughs> What I, what I wrote down as you were talking, and I can't remember what you said exactly, like, oh, you said it becomes easier and easier and easier to set those boundaries to say no. I said, we revealed your courage, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you you always had the courage. It just it just got buried. And then it's, it's fear out of, I can't say it because I might lose control or this person may abandon me or what are they going to think? Once we dig it up, Courage is there, joy is there, love is there, peace is there. It's just covered with stuff. We have to dig for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think part of it is also like, I mean, you you talked about how, you know, and we talked about how we react to things that happened prior. And it could be, yeah, 15, 20 years prior. It could be the day before. Um, Or it could be a repeat of a situation that we've experienced before. And all of that sort of builds up and it's like, oh, my God, is this the same thing again? And now, you know, it's like we have to decide how how to uh, respond to the situation rather than reacting to the situation. And and that does become it becomes easier and easier. So what's what advice would you have or what advice do you have for women? When did you start? You did you start like what, last last August uh, last. Yeah, maybe August or September. OK. So you're not even a year yet, and you all shiny and pretty. I mean, you was pretty before, but you fine now, girl. So um, what advice do you have for women who are trying to do it all, right? They would, you wouldn't have called yourself a control freak initially. No. no. <laughs> you're just like, I'm tired and nobody's respecting my I haven't created and I'm not expressing. You're just frustrated, right? So what advice do you have for women who feel like they're stuck? And, or, or that they feel like they're exhausted because, you know, I, I say it all the time. If, if, if women haven't done anything in the past two, uh, in the past three to four years to address their mindset, besides work harder and keep complaining that they're melting, shame on you, shame on you. Um, but what advice do you have for women who are stuck and feel like they're overwhelmed? Well, I'll say my experience of taking time and space really helped um there there are so many things i think that i was able to make the time to kind of really think about like i always thought i was a person that was grateful to other people um but but being able to have the time to practice well what is that what is that gratitude what does it look like who is it for um and how does it play out in my life like to to do those um to do those rituals like to have the time to do that and the space to do that is what I feel like made the difference to me, the gratitude rituals, the forgiveness rituals, and then everything in between. It's like making that time and space to, like we talk about rest, we talk about reflection, we talk about self-care. What are those things? What does it mean to care for oneself? What does it mean to rest? What does it mean to reflect? Um, 
and and something I've realized, I mean, you know, if if you want to serve people, and this is something that I mean, this is something the teachers at my at my previous organization told me like every day, like you've got to rest, you've got to stop. Like, and I'm like, oh, you don't understand. There's so much going on. But in order to serve, you have to rest. And so it's something that everybody sort of understands on an intellectual level. But when you take the time, you actually start to understand it on an experiential level um, and reflection as well. Like, what does it mean to reflect? And what does that reflection consist of? Is it meditation? Is it forgiveness? Is it gratitude? Is it some combination of those or some combination of some other things, depending on who you are? Um, once, once you take the time to experience that and not just understand it intellectually, it makes a total, it makes a total difference in your life. And, and I would say, you know, if you want to serve, you have to rest. If you want to lead well, you have to reflect. Who is this woman? Raquel, we need to start. <laughs> hold up, hold up. We're a real Karen Potwash. Stand up. Raise your hand. What in the world? Raquel. <laughs> you remember when we first talked, I was like, you were like, well, what's your deal? You know, what do you want out of this? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> hold up. Who is this woman on this line? So that oh can you still hear me yeah we can hear you oh yeah so like everybody that and i mean it might come through coaching for someone it might come through in their own space reading a book or meditation whatever it is that that someone needs they need something if they're in that situation to take the time and space to identify what that is hell i mean <laughs> yeah so so when we talk i want to go back i think you froze when when i was like what you want like why are you on my phone what you want uh, <laughs> And you were like, I'm not sure. So did you, did you get more than what you asked for? My God, this is a real what you <laughs> question, right? Like, you know, because we, we talk to women all the time. They'd be like, I got so much more. Like, cause we think it's the job. And then you'd be like this. Oh God is me. <laughs> Great. Let's start there. Cause that's the truth. Does that make sense? Like we're walking around. You said it was so good. You said People talk about self-care and they think they're doing it. They're like, what does that really mean? We're walking around. We're not doing it, right? We're not, we're not resting. We're not really doing it. And once you actually start to apply the things that we read in books, we've seen the videos on YouTube. We've read the book. We ain't doing none of that. We're just walking around with it and we give advice to everybody else of what we're not doing. Um, yeah. And what's happening out there is frustrating. I mean, the patterns are obvious. We all know that there are systemic issues that are happening. Um, I mean, when I first got in into this the group, you know, Raquel was like, but they're not your problem. I'm like, what do you mean they're not my problem? And <laughs> I was like, you know, racism and systemic oppression are everyone's problem. And like, you know, I, I was feeling this frustration about not being able to do as much as I wanted to do about all of the things when I saw them. And, you know, and something, and I, I would say if I could add a third thing that I think was very impactful from working with Raquel, like that was it. It was like, well, okay, it is everyone's problem. And I firmly believe that there need to be systemic changes as well, specifically for how, you know, women of color are dealt with all the patterns of behaviors that they have to run into in the workplace. However, we're all on pathways. So everyone who needs to make those adjustments is on a pathway we are also on a pathway and we can take responsibility and accountability for their pathway. I think that's the thing that Raquel's constant sort of questioning and pushing in this area helped me understand. Like I can take responsibility and accountability for someone else's pathway. They're on their pathway. I can, I can support, 
I can try to find ways that, you know, I can see things and offer my perspectives, but there's, there's, there's only so much that one can or should do to interfere with or take responsibility for someone else's pathway. That's their pathway. And they've got to walk that pathway. And we have to make the space for them to walk that pathway and work. And it might take them a little longer, but they've got to do the work as well. I can't take all of, I can't take all of that responsibility and accountability. That doesn't even make any sense. I'm shocked and so pleased. I'm so proud of you. My God. Uh, <laughs> my breath away. You'd be like, who is this woman? How do you remember? <laughs> well, you told me to take some time and I did. <laughs> Talk about that. I'm like, my God. Um, <laughs> hey, Chris Rutherford here. I hope that you are enjoying this podcast as much as we loved putting it together for you to share insight to make your life better. Now, did you get your copy of my resume course, How to Use the Superpower Method to Write an Irresistible Resume to Land You a High-Paying Job? Look, even if you have somebody write your resume for you, how do you know whether or not it sucks? <laughs> and did you give them the information to be able to write a great resume or did you hope that they were going to spend gold out of something that you gave them that wasn't that good? So get this course, not just to write your own resume, but to be able to provide resume writers with what they need to adequately tell your story so you can get paid the money that you desire and deserve. So go ahead and click on the link on around this video, get this course, use it and get paid what you deserve. It's less than $50. I mean, come on, just get the course and use it. See you soon. <laughs> I love these interviews because I see y'all on the other side. Like, I remember who you, who you. You don't sound like what you've been through, girl. <laughs> I remember challenging you to like, to leave, to uproot and like move. I was like, move. And you were like, oh my God. You were like, what? <laughs> and I told you some possibilities. No, you were like, no, move somewhere else. Yeah, you were going to move close to your mama. Or you was going to move. You were going to move close to people to serve. And I'm like, go somewhere else. So what was that, you know, cause that was not, um, that was a several week process to like wrestle you down to the ground to get you to take care of yourself. Right. Like, you know, we can see the result, <clears throat> you know, Karen of your work because you're all excited. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm blown away. Me and Raquel will talk about you when we get on this meet. But it's like, Oh my God. Like, I'm so proud of you because the goal is if women are willing to do the work, on themselves, right? You're willing to take responsibility and show up for yourself first. And then we're going to give y'all hard stuff to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and the, and the, um, the degree of which we ask is based on the degree of what you need. I was like, move. And you were like, I'm go find an Airbnb somewhere and stay there for three months. You were like, <laughs> what? Right. Cause that's what you needed and you did it. So what was the initial resistance? Because I know everybody's like, what? Chrissy told us lady to leave New York. Yes, go somewhere warm. You was like, I'm going to go to Chicago. <laughs> Wait a time. No. Right? <laughs> I think I probably thought, I, I mean, I know initially when I when I left my, my previous position, I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to take a vacation. Um, and I wasn't thinking of like work, right? And or I was thinking, oh, now I'm going to take a vacation and then be closer to my family. Um, and then, you know, I wasn't thinking of my own personal work. 
So like that idea of like, okay, take space for yourself. And it's funny because when I talked to my family about it, it was like, oh, okay, great. You know, like, okay, what do you, what have you been doing? Like, how's everything going? Um, and so like, I was worried that, oh, well, I'm, you know, supposed to do X, Y, or Z thing at this time. And really like, you know, we're in this time bound sort of structure when we're engaging in, in society in general and, and things aren't necessarily time bound the way that we see them as being time bound. And it's different for all of us, but you know, taking that, taking that time and space um, to work for things that I needed so that I could be better, I could continue um, doing the things that I wanted was really important. Um, and I went to a place where I thought I, I didn't know anyone. It turned out I did know people there, but it was a nice, it was a nice balance of like, okay, I don't have major responsibilities surrounding me here. Um, and I have this time to myself and I'm going to use it to do X, Y, and Z things like every day. And it wasn't easy to stay sort of on, it wasn't easy to stay on track and do all of the things that I felt like I needed to do to get to the other, other side. Um, but it was the right environment. I mean, sometimes women need that space. I mean, Virginia Woolf, a room of one's own, like it's like a time it's a, you know, it's an old concept, but we don't necessarily get to take that time and space. So whenever there's the opportunity, I, I strongly advise that people take whatever time and space they can, but make the time and space to, to do the work that you need to do. And there's so many different pathways that people can take. I mean, actually, Christy, it's something you, you had told me um, when I was talking about like, oh, the ups and downs. I was like, well, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm making all of these like, I, I'm having all these realizations based on, I had all these realizations based on the work that I was doing with, with Raquel and, and the group. Um, but then I would like, you know, like every time I'd have the realization that I'd like kind of fall back down into something else. Um, and you were like, well, you know, why don't you start like the, the, you know, forgiveness rituals. And, and it's funny because the first, the first chapter, I think in the forgiveness rituals, the, the book that you had uh, given us <laughs> was about forgiving oneself. And I was like, why are they starting with the hardest thing? <laughs> but I, I realized, and it took me days to do that one day thing. Like it took me days. And once I got through that, I think that made things lighter and easier moving forward. Um, forgiving everyone else, you know, became easy. It was all of the stuff that I feel like I had done um, in the past. And I was fearful that I would continue to do in the future. Um, and, and the goal, you know, was to sort of let go of those past things, but not let them go as if you don't care about them. And that's what I used to think, like, oh, well, I have to keep thinking about these horrible things I did so that, you know, people will know, like, in, you know, somewhere in their soul or their hearts that I care and that I feel terrible about this. But there's nothing of value in carrying those things. There's only value in addressing those things for yourself and with people if, you know, if you're able to, and then doing the, the right thing, the way you see it as you move on. And so that, so you were like, you called it a 500 pound weight. You were like, yeah, well, you're having all these realizations, but you're not getting anywhere because you're carrying this 500 pound weight. And for me, that was what sort of lifted some of that weight off of me so that I was able to continue to do the work of reflection that I wanted to do. Um, and then everything actually came together. Wait, should I continue? Do you have like literally, I want 
I'm going to share this one thing. It was, it was so funny because the day, so like there was a day, you know, and so, you know, we, we talk about taking long walks and everyone's taking long walks and I'm like, okay, you know, it would take like hour long walks. And I, I, one day I came back from one of my walks and I was like in the shower and I was like, oh, well, hmm, like all of these things feel disjointed, right? Like I already had put together like, okay, my career, right. Felt disjointed no longer like i was like i'm the same person and these are the common threads throughout all those things and then i was like all oh, the future you know the things that i want to embark on now feel so disjointed right so then i'm like in the shower after this long walk right and i'm like oh they all you know everything matches up actually i want to do this this and this and they, it all makes sense and i had this like oh okay and this is how you can approach it in moment right and literally christy i think it was the next day or the same day that i got that email like you have completed your monthly sessions and had nothing to do with anyone knowing that I had made that realization in the shower, <laughs> but it's like a pathway and like everything sort of end, ends up falling in place the way we needed to, if we give ourselves the space to do, um, to take, take rest and, and do reflection. And it just does. And even the things that don't fall into place, you're like, well, it's okay that that thing didn't fall into place. I can maneuver around it or I can do something different. And you're in the space where you can, because you're not stressed out about like, that one particular thing. Mm. Okay. Um, this is so good. So, uh, <laughs> you and Amanda, Amanda was looking at me last week, like, why do you keep looking at me like that? I was like, who is this woman on this? Oh my God, it's so good. Um, you said so much. One, <clears throat> you moved to a different, what was it? Three months, four months, five months. How long was Three it? Three months. You moved to a different place because you weren't getting the result that we knew where we wanted for you, which was freedom, because you was a whole hostage, right? And it's because you were, um, you're stuck in the pattern of your environment of what you're doing, right? Your your environment was keeping you in a loop of reactions, and now it's like, well, let's let's uproot you from your environment and put you somewhere else where you can rest because you create an environment where people need you. You create an environment where you serve all the time. You created an environment that you try to control. So you, you know, all these things, physics major, so you're brilliant, but you haven't, you haven't had the, the room to really apply them to be able to get the result because you've created, and we all do it, Karen. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, and you had the opportunity to be uprooted and then you go somewhere else and now you can actually apply what you have been what you have been learning so when women always talk about oh you know i've read 100 books i'd be like this but what have you done from that book right like it's you now you start to apply the information and do the deep work yeah because you have space now you're going for a walk you eat ice cream you eat cookies i don't know what you was doing but it's like i actually tried to stop eating sugar which helped me a lot too yeah, so you stopped eating sugar and, and yeah. you weren't beholden to your environment to be, <clears throat> to have people that you train to extract your energy because <laughs> they're not there. You're That's like, a good way of putting it. <laughs> what am I going to do today? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is my biggest task today? Mm. Nothing. Great, right? And so, <laughs> When we talk about rest, we have to do a whole, I have to tell women, like, it's a whole hour of what does it mean to rest? Because high achievers, we don't understand that. We don't get it. We're like, what you talking about rest? It's like, do nothing. So when you uproot it, then you could now look around 
and really take accountability of the things that you learned that you haven't applied, but you know, and you've seen it work with the other women and you're like, I think I'm gonna start to put some of this stuff to, to practice, right? So the forgiveness ritual is massive because you wouldn't have known that you were walking around with so much stuff until you started to dig around. And, and we were not, <clears throat> I'm not gonna say we're not willing to tell the truth, but we're not willing to tell the truth because the truth means that we have to slow down and actually fix it. And we're not trying to do that. You be like this, we're trying, we're on to the next degree. We're on to the next thing, you know, looking for this feeling. Yeah, we're thinking all of our actions can take care of whatever we haven't addressed. Hey, Chrissy Rutherford here, inviting you to join my private community, Money Loves Happy People. Yes, the information is so good. We do live interviews Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I have hundreds of on-demand videos in this community, including my signature course, how to use the superpower method to write an irresistible resume. My other course, seven keys to getting the raise that you desire and deserve. I made hundreds of videos from amazing thought leaders from around the world. You have access to on demand for less than $500. Go ahead, register, join us in this community, get this insight and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. And then one day, this is a suddenly, TDJ starts talking about suddenly the whole church go crazy. I'm like, suddenly, people are looking for the suddenly without doing anything. The suddenly is the one day is the culmination of your small actions day after day after day after day of the day, right? The habits, the meditation, the working out, the resting, the forgiveness, the looking in the mirror, the owning your stuff, the creating the boundaries, the saying no. And then one day it all like falls into place and you're like, my God, it's like a recipe. I tell y'all told you I was making cake over here, right? Y'all are like, everybody's an expensive chocolate cake. Um, so you come out of the oven, perfect. Boom, right? Uh, <laughs> you have this guess- affirmation about love and peace, right? It's like, oh, love and peace are the way. And, you know, I, I mean, I would look at it and be like, yeah, love and peace are great, you know. Uh, <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, I love and peace are great, right but right now they're not relevant, right? I got to <laughs> do this. This is happening. That's happening. And like, yeah, you have to experience it to understand, well, what what is love and peace in this situation for me and for others? And like, it's not easy to, well, it's not, it wasn't easy for me. <laughs> yes. And then suddenly you're not struggling because you're like, oh, I've already trained my mind to understand how to deal with myself and others with, with love and peace. And it's not perfect. I mean, yeah. we're constantly, if you stop working on it, the way, the way I see it right now, it's like, if I stop working on it, I'm going to lose, you know, I'll lose it. Like you have to constantly practice it. For me, everything is about just constantly practicing, but um, it, you really understand those things. Like your power is limitless. All these like phrases, they get thrown around on social media all the time. And it's like, they really mean something when you're in your experience of rest, reflection, love, and peace. Oh, so we talking about your third book, Rest, Reflection, Love. <laughs> <laughs> and peace, book number three. So all right, uh, two more questions. <clears throat> um, what are some of the 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 uh, I would say burdens, right? But we talked about it earlier before getting on the phone. Like 
you know, which was the whole title, and we get to it like right at the end, you know, um, sometimes you have to break all the rule rules. It's like the cultural expectations that in your head, you know, you placed on what is was that some of my shirt? Or is that on the computer? Okay, that you placed on yourself that you know that creates um unmet expectations, right? Like I want to talk about some of the cultural norms that that you're like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, like, oh, I need to go be close to my mom. And and you felt real guilt about that. It was like, no, that was, I was like I told her I'm moving. I'm told told her I'm leaving in January or whatever. And then when I called her, she's like, Oh, okay, so when will we be here? You know, it's like, oh, a few months later. <laughs> Yeah. So what was that? So you had the struggle of culturally, these are the expectations. And then we had to like, get you to be like, no, take care of yourself. And I'm, and I'm screaming because you're not screaming, but it's like, <laughs> take care of yourself. And then your mom supported that. Yes. So what are some of the books that you reconcile in your mind between these are the things that I thought, and then this is actually what happened. I think one thing, I think one thing which we've already touched on is like, there is this feeling like, oh, if I don't do it, no one else will. And it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because if you keep doing certain things, like no one else feels like they need to do anything. It's not because they don't want to do anything or because they can't do it. It's because it's already been, it has already been done. Um, but in terms of like, specifically like the the cultural expectations, I mean, these are like, I feel like these are stories we tell. These are things we see. Like my mom did a lot to hold up the family. I mean, it's hard for me to really discuss like the Indian American experience for, for everyone, right? And, but also particularly because my experience was kind of unique. Like my my father, you know, taught me how to do like light construction in my apartment, My you know, how to maintain my car. Like my, my mother was like, you know, uh, like a, problem solver and get things done. And she did, you know, a lot of financial management as well. So like, you know, I saw a lot of different role modeling um, that was helpful to me. But in general, we all like, you know, our whole family told ourselves these stories of like, okay, well, this is how things are in our culture. And there are things that, you know, I value, right? Like respect your elders, right? Um, that's, That's something that we say in our culture that I value. Um, how does that play out? What does it mean to respect your elders? Like we don't necessarily have the time to really think about what that means. It doesn't mean um, controlling everything, taking on everything, going crazy. Um, what does it mean? And I think those are answers. I mean, when we talk about break the rules, like those are answers that we need to find ourselves. And like, you know, if we really think about it, when you talk about like the immigrant experience, like, and let's say we're, let's say those who are first generation, whose parents immigrated to this country. I mean, they also broke the rules. Like they changed countries to accomplish something, whatever it was. And they raised children in a completely different environment than the one that they came from. So they were already out there doing their thing, right? Now it's our generation's turn to like, okay, now we're here. Um, you know, regardless of whether we stay here, or we go somewhere else, what is going to work in this day and age for our generation? And that's our work to do. So like, you know, and it's not always about breaking the rules per se, you know, we could be innovating the rules so that they work for us. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't even like the word rules, but like, you know, um, it's it, these, I think there's more like stories, like these stories that we tell ourselves of how we're supposed to, what we're supposed to practice and what we're supposed to do. And when you look at the individual people, like no one's actually ex- 
expecting you to do those things. Like everyone always, everyone always wants the best for everyone else, whatever that means. It's up to us to define what that means. And it may not align with the story that we've told ourselves that it means. Okay, Kira, shifting the word from breaking to innovating. I mean, only a person who leaves their house and stays somewhere else for three months who got time to sit around and think about it by walking for an hour. Well, <laughs> who takes long, long walks in the park? Those are like medical prescriptions. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, it's like, I was looking at this, um, you know, Instagram, they always have these memes that people think are so funny. I don't think of funny at all. Like it was a, it was a little girl that was walking and they're like me, you know, it's like a little girl walking with a purse, right? You know, me on the verge of a nervous breakdown, getting ready to go support my friend who's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I don't think that's funny, right? No, like not we, we've funny. normalized being crazy, right? We've yep. normalized serving while we're suffering. Oh, that was good. Right. We've normalized continuing to give, 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 give while we while look here, we are conscious that we are melting. That is a problem. Like when we don't know most high achieving women, we kind of know, but we don't, we don't know. We kind of know. We don't know because we because we're on to the next thing. We're moving too fast. So we're not really going to tell the truth because we want the next thing. And we think that the next thing is going to give us peace. And we're, we ain't slowing down. I ain't got time to look in the mirror. I don't want to lose momentum. I'm trying to get this money. I'm trying to get promoted. So we kind of know. But we don't slow down enough to acknowledge it. And then you have this, this, this subsection of women who are acknowledging it. And they think it's funny. I don't think it's funny, right? Um, so you were like, no, it's not breaking the rules. It's actually innovating. It's like, <clears throat> I'll say this and then we'll wrap up. I got one more question for you. But, you know, um, in my family, the women never really gave compliments, right? We all fine. Let's be clear. I, I got this. This was, this was you know, ready-made from family, <laughs> DNA, all, all this fineness over here. And my and my family, my aunts and my uncles, they never really gave compliments. So I didn't know I was this fine, Karen, until I was like 30-something. <laughs> um, that's why I say I'm fine every time I see myself. I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. I just figure this thing out. I got to use it while I got it. And so when when I was at home, after I burned out, which is why we try to stop y'all from doing it, after I burned out and I'm on the couch with no money, you had money when you left and went on vacation. It's a completely different experience that I want y'all to have something different. Take your money and go. Why is my thing fuzzy? Don't get fuzzy. Maybe my mama watching. It was like, we're going to blur her out. Uh, okay, great. Um, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So it's like, I want y'all to take the break before life breaks you, right? I want y'all to be like, you got enough money. Why don't you move and go to a different city as opposed to running out of money? Or going crazy, then running out of money, then having to move in with your mom and it. So, but what yeah, I learned my- make, oh, sorry, the decisions we make are also not made out of like a clear space making decisions in those. In those exactly. Places. So, once I had time to rest, and I'm taking my breaks because I'm crazy, um, I learned that my family didn't give compliments. This is what I had to, you know, figure out is like my, my family was born. They picked cotton on my grandfather's farm because he had his own farm and they picked cotton and they grew up in the, you know, thirties, forties, fifties where people were in the South called gallon boy. So it wasn't, they were taught to keep a low profile. So they didn't go missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't really come out here because we super fine in my family. So they weren't out there like, 
these chicks today, right? Like they weren't showing a lot of stuff out of safety and protection. Like we have to protect the women in this family who are gorgeous. So they not missing um, in the South. So that stuff generationally just carried over to where my family just didn't acknowledge it. And it's not bad. It just is mm -hmm. right. So we all have things that, you know, uh, hurt us, right. Or we're rooted in these stories that we tell ourselves that yes, they are true, but there's another truth that's going on that we never really have time to reflect on to be able to create that ease and peace and then reveal the curse that we have. Right. Um, so what advice do you have for women who are on the fence uh, and they're stuck or they're going in circles or they, you know, they know they're crazy, um, but not crazy. Crazy is all really, but they're stressed out and overwhelmed. What advice do you have for them with regards to working with Vision Finder International? Hey, Chris Rutherford here. If you want to learn how to get a 30% raise this year without getting another degree, go ahead and get my free case study. And get this information, use it. You can go to changenowwithchristy.com, changenowwithchristy.com. It's about 30 minutes. Use the insight, own your value, and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. See you soon. I think, I mean, I would say, oh, based on my experience, like everybody should, you know, everybody should do it. But what I would really say is I think, um, I think first they need to just take a little time and space to do a little reflection about what, what is happening, what is happening to you. And then what are you doing? Like take a look at that and be able to identify some patterns. Um, intentionally decide that you want to do something about it and then intentionally be ready to trust someone to take you through that. Because another, um, I think another characteristic of, of women, I guess, such, such as ourselves uh, or ambitious women in general, is that we don't necessarily trust. And there are lots of reasons for that. And some of them are systemic. Um, but there are times when, you know, we need to determine whether the time is right to trust someone. And once we can do that, there are a lot of benefits and rewards that can come with that. We have to be able to seek help ourselves. And like, everyone's different. So somebody may be able to offer, I, you know, I, it's like, oh, Karen, I can do anything. And I'm, you know, I'm everything, you know, but, but no, there are things that everybody is great at. And there are things that we can be benefit from that other people have to offer us. We just have to be ready to receive it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I was, I was talking to this lady the other day and she was like, she followed up with our follow-up person was like, it sounds good, but can I test it out? You know, like if I want to quit, I was like, no. You have to you do it. You can't test it. You can't come in half committed and then blame me for your failure. It ain't going to work. No, oh, we don't need your money. Let me stop yelling. Uh, we good over here. Chris, is, <laughs> Chris lives on the beach. We're not, we're not willing to take that risk because we do great work. We're not like you can't come in half ASS saying I'm going to half commit to myself. And I think that's the thing that you know, I really want women who want to work with us to understand. You said, so I'm, I'm going to take this clip, Karen, and you're going to see it everywhere. Let me, let me get the scroll <laughs> off the bottom. Karen say, you got to be ready to trust somebody to take you through it. I was, oh, that gym. Uh, and, it, you know, you have to determine whether or not it's time to trust them. We don't trust nobody. <laughs> and for good reason. There's a lot happening out there. 
<laughs> it's very good reason. But we like we're here. We're committed. Like it's you know we want everybody to get the result. Like once you become happy, I'm so glad that you showed up today. Like once we get free, we want to tell everybody else to be like this. There's freedom out here in these streets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about this? Have you thought about that? Yeah. You could be happy too, girl. You know you come over. <laughs> Make it free. So, um, all right, Karen, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us and sharing your insight. I'm so proud of you. I'm just, I am shocked and amazed. And Amanda, you have to have Karen on your second interview. Like, you know, Amanda last week got tasked with starting a whole podcast. Karen got three books. <laughs> Y'all watch a real time coach talk about, I mean, but here's the thing, Karen, our, our, our whole goal with this company is to set y'all free so y'all can go serve and not serve at a depleted level right because we're by nature we serve by nature we give by nature we're meant to change the world but a lot of us are doing it to our detriment right a lot of us are serving and we are dying in service because we've we we're dragging this whole truckload of stuff behind us so once you're able to free yourself from all of that stuff set the boundaries get the um um you know, get the insight that you need to make this a lifestyle. Now you can go serve and be free. Be like, er, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, there's nope. like an okay right now. And then there's an okay forever. Like the okay right now is sometimes what I think people get stuck on. It's like, oh, but I'm okay today. Or I'm going to take the day off tomorrow. But then you return to like the same mindset. And that that can be, you know, that can be detrimental over the long term as well. Even if it doesn't have immediate impacts in your day to day. Will you ever go back to who you were last July ever to your habits? Will you ever go back to that person? I always say, this is forever. This is the lifestyle. We ain't playing with y'all. Like, well, do you think you will ever get to that point where you, where you're stuck and depleted again? Or, or is this like the journey that you feel is going to keep getting better? Well, I definitely think the journey is going to keep getting better. I think that's the nature of changing your mindset and and changing the stories that you're telling yourself um, and replacing all of the, you know, oh, this didn't turn out the way. Oh, this turned out exactly the way it needed to turn out. Like, you know, I, I think I think that that is like I mean, I think it's like riding a bicycle, I guess. But I also don't want to say like, oh, that it could never happen again. If you're in the right set of circumstances that trigger the right, like the wrong memories, let's say, and like you know, um, I don't know, there could be a perfect storm that does bring people back to who they were. I don't want to say that that's not a possibility, but I don't think it's very likely. And I think if we keep moving in the positive direction, like only more and more positive, positive things can come out of it. So I want to clean it up because you were like, I ain't gonna say that. I'm not saying that life won't come for you because that's for sure. <laughs> All right? I'm not saying that. Life won't come punch you in the stomach and put you in the headlock again, but you now have the tools. You know what it's like to be free. You now can free yourself. It won't, if it knocks you down, one, you'll never go back to that level that we found you at, right? Like you might get no. knocked down over here, right? Oh, to the point that I was feeling like, yeah, broken and depleted. No. Yeah. That's okay. That was the question. Like, will you oh. go back to who you were last July? You were like, I'm not saying life won't come for you, but you'll never go. You may get knocked down, but you won't go yeah. here. Yeah. And some of those reactions, some of those feelings could come back, but now we can identify what those are. And I've done enough reflection to know like, okay, in this situation, this could be a way that I can respond. You know, even if everything seems like all the, you know, everything's against, you know, whichever, whatever I'm trying to do, this is a way that I can, this is a tool that I can use in this situation. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, that's not what I meant. 
Okay, that's fine. I just had to clean up the question. All right, Karen, you've been the longest guest. I could talk to Karen for two hours. We're going to get out of here because it's a good Friday. It's a great Friday. So thank you so much, everybody, for showing up. Karen, don't hang up. All right, y'all. Have a great weekend. Take care. Y'all can join us uh, and get my case study at no cost at changenowwithchrissy.com. Um, and yeah, well, y'all take care. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting Change Now, all one word. Again, Change Now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.